get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus, I'm your host. I'm joined by old man Trev and Dan Mountney from the Guna fanzine. We are going to talk about the semi-final first leg against Villarreal. Uh, it's Emery versus Arteta. We'll also touch back on that snooze fest that was the Everton game. Uh, more importantly, we'll talk about the protests and, and uh, Trev's experience down there and anybody else's experience if they want to jump in the chat. You are watching uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons or listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Dan, honestly, it's it's becoming very regular, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I, I think you like it here, really, don't you? Ah, it's all right. It's not bad. It keeps me busy on a Thursday evening, so there you go. It does. It does. Well, we will revert to normal Wednesday nights uh, once uh, once we can get back into stadiums and, and return to normal. So, But it is Thursday, and Thursday is a very special day uh, for our friend Kevin Campbell and also old man Trev. Trev, how are you? Bow tie is on, red and white. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very good, Fergus. Bowtie because last time I wore one, we um, we won four 0 So I thought I've got to carry on with it. I've um, I've left off the, the red shirt because my mate Heath called me names. So I've gone for a white shirt with a red dicky bow tonight, and hopefully the uh, the luck will continue. And as long as it continues, I'll keep wearing it. I don't care what you all say. A little bit superstitious me. So yeah, if we want to win four 0 on a Thursday, I'll wear it again. Uh, well, uh, Kieran is going to get himself a Kentucky after this, just before the game kicks off, because uh, I don't know why. It's just, you know, you know. So, listen, um, we'll do the normal format. Let's uh, touch on the, the Everton game, first of all, very, very briefly. Personally, I didn't get to see the game. I went uh, to try and get a bit of normality. I went down to the West Country and stayed in a caravan. I was meant to stay there for the whole weekend, but I left after a day because there's nothing open anywhere, anybody. Um Cheddar Gorge was empty and I had power cuts and no heating, no water and everything else. And it was might as well sit at home and watch the telly at home. So I didn't have any Wi-Fi. I didn't have any connection to Sky. So I couldn't watch the game. Um, Dan, it was fantastic. Game? What- fantastic it was, Dan. <laughs> it, couldn't, it, it didn't bug me once all weekend. It was lovely in not having no internet. My phone never passed. I never had no we'll idea comments. It was we'll send him there again, Trev. Get him out of here. Absolutely. <laughs> I bought him out there, Dan. I bought him an ass there. I'm getting rid of him permanently. <laughs> Dan, what did you make of the game? Very, very briefly. There's a couple um, of probably talking points, but we'll we'll go into those as well. Well, I think yeah, it can be summed up in two points, can't it? An awful goalkeeping mistake and an awful bit of VAR, which uh, we've become accustomed to this season, haven't we? So, you know, it's just yeah, Premier League season is, is dead and buried now, isn't it? Unfortunately, I mean, we. I think last time I was on it, I was a bit optimistic about finishing seventh, but I can't see that happening now. So, yeah, all on tonight, unfortunately. It is indeed, and and it, that that goalkeeping uh, one we'll touch on in a second. But the VAR decision, Fulham had a very similar decision that was let go. So it's the inconsistency about around VAR that's uh, more frustrating than 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 anything else, don't, don't you think? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's. You just, some of the decisions, the the one the one on Friday, you just look and think, well, how have they come to that conclusion? Like it's 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 mind boggling, honestly. I, I don't really know if there's much more we can say, and it hasn't already been said. To be fair, it's just it's insane, and it needs to change. Mm. 
lots of uh, orders coming in on the Just Eat app uh, on the right hand side. Uh, Scunny's ordering a twelve piece bucket meal. Uh, the Colonel is back. <laughs> Trev, <laughs> Trev, um, what did you did you get to see nice, the game? Because I know you trapped. No, they're not really. Um, I know you travelled down to London and, and uh, made the trip for the protest, which we'll talk about separately. Uh, but did you manage to get to see any of the game or did you watch it afterwards? What did you make of the yeah. um, the VAR decision that Dan mentioned? Well, actually, I watched it afterwards, Fergus, and, and what Dan said about VAR is is, is dead right. And it's uh, if it's not going to work properly, I'd rather, I've said it before, I'd rather have the referee making the decisions and making a mistake. That way, at least I can get it in the back of my head somewhere. He's a rubbish referee, but he's a human being. Human beings make mistakes. There's no excuses at the moment. And, and these people that are in these studios looking at these VAR pictures, they're not the old-fashioned amateur blokes. They're highly paid professionals. They're professional referees. And they have two of them in each uh, each game now in the studio, I think. They have a VR ref, VAR ref and an assistant VAR ref. So I don't like it. I think that's, uh, I think it's it's robbing us. It's robbing, it's not only robbing teams of goals and points, it's robbing fans of a spectacle now. And and it's just causing more aggravation than it's worth. Give me a referee back. I was, I was quite for it first off, Fergus, if I'm honest. But give me a referee back now. If he makes a mistake, I'll shout at him and I'll holler at him and I'll call him names. But at the end of the day, he's a human being and he'll make a mistake. Give me that back any day now, mate. Kieran is really on form today. We just need to stop signing players with big feet. Uh, I think that might that might work. Listen, we had we had the we had the lion shares of the game. We had sixty percent possession. Uh, we had fourteen shots, three of which were on target. Everton didn't Ooh. look like the reparations at all, and and we just gave it away. But we gave it away by a very very silly mistake. Um, by a keeper who I have openly criticised. I, I do see his failings. I, I, I do rate him. He's a half-decent keeper, but uh, I, I can also see his failings. But, Dan, why was he playing? Surely you play Matt Ryan, Ryan right through to the end of the season now. You play Balogun. You play you play all these players on the fringe. Eddie, get his value up. You know, why was Leno playing? Yeah, well, you'd think so. I mean... I think it goes back to the whole thing about first-choice goalkeeper. Obviously, we had Martinez last season and there was a bit of back and forth who was going to go and who was going to stay in the summer. And Arteta obviously decided to stick with Leno. And I think, yeah, it's it's just a case of him being first-choice and he plays because he is first-choice. But I can really understand where you're coming from about playing these French players to either, you know, give them more minutes and boost their confidence or, as you say, with someone like Eddie and Ketia to boost the value. So, yeah, I can see where you're coming from and, I think Ryan, as well, is a is a really solid, reliable goalkeeper at this level. So, hmm. Trev, uh, you wanted to touch on Leno, uh, and you asked me to add him into the agenda. So it's not just it's not just me having uh, having a go. Fergus, uh, Fergus, I don't care less about Leno's son. I only added him into the agenda because I knew it'd stir you up. That's the only reason I put him in the agenda, <laughs> right? But if I'm honest, it wasn't. It wasn't just a mistake. It was a very poor mistake that Leno made. If they let one slip through their hands and it goes in the net, I don't mind. Occasionally, you know, it happens to everyone. But when one's going wide, it's across really, and they deflect it into the net. That's that's. I found that hard to hard to swallow, but. It's what it is, and we move on. And he's our number one, and he's still going to be our number one, I would think, till the end of the season, and probably into next season, Fergus. So, 
That's how it is, mate. He's made a mistake. He's not made that many. He's made some brilliant saves, but I, I do see where you're coming from in fairness, Fergus. Although I'm not, okay. as, I'm not as heavy about it as you. The teams are out. We do want to talk about what happened on Friday night around the stadium, and we do want to talk about the, the follow-on from that and the potential buyout and stuff like that. But let's look at the team first of all. Um, we have the set, aforementioned Leno in goal, Chambers holding Murray, uh, Shaka Party, Sabaya, Saka, Odegaard, Smith, Oh, wow. Pepe. Um, so wow. you've got Shaka at left back and you've got um, Chambers at right back holding a Murray. We've got into the stats about that the last time uh, and their stats are um, the, the strongest pairing. It looks like Party and Sabayas, um in the centre midfield with Saka, Smith, Rowe and Odegaard behind Pepe. I am surprised that Pepe um, has started, although um, Lacazette did get injured in a pointless game, didn't he, a, a few days ago? And Aubameyang, he's on the bench. I personally, I would have started Martinelli. Um, yeah, Trev, you were going, wow, w- w- why? Well, because I didn't expect that front line. I expected, I, actually, I, I fully expected Martinelli already to start tonight, to be honest. I genuinely did. Um mm. We've we've not got a proper centre forward there. Maybe he's been watching Man City the last couple of weeks and thought, right, I'm going to go without a nine. But it's all right, Dan. You just cough over me, son. Carry on. Don't worry. Sorry, about it. that's all right, mate. I'll let you off. <laughs> but uh, so who's going to play through the middle? Then is it going to be is it going to be Pepe or is it going to be Saka through the middle uh, up front? Uh, from from what I've been told, that they have been doing a lot of training with Pepe to get him to be more a central uh, striker. Um, I'll just take that down for the minute. And, and, and maybe that's, we'll see tonight, you know. Uh, it also is quite fluid because it does mean that players can move around and, and, and so on. And I think the most important thing today is not, if we do lose, and, and I don't know if we will or not, I have predicted, and we'll go into our predictions later, I have predicted my score, but I think it's important that we um, don't let, the game get too far away from us in either way uh, and that we try and score an away goal. Dan, your thoughts on that lineup? Um, well, the Pepe thing's interesting. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Fergus. I probably would have started Martinelli ahead of him. But you've got to think as well, in the knockout games we've played so far, Pepe's played a really important role and got some really important goals, especially in the in the last round against Slavia Prague. So, you know, it's a, it's a big call for Martinelli, but he's clearly got faith in him to, to come up trumps when he needs him to. Uh, the one concern for me is Xhaka at left-back, not not because of the way he's performed recently, but because of the threat that Villarreal will pose. They've got a, a really tricky winger called, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, but I'm going to go for it anyway, Samuel Ch- Chikwesi, I think is his name, is a quick, tricky winger. So I think, yeah, he might cause Xhaka some problems. And even Chambers down the other side, we know he's not the quickest of defenders. So, yeah, the, the back line concerns me a little bit on, on the le- in the left and right-back positions. Okay. Okay. Um, well, listen, we'll, we'll we'll come back onto that game in a minute. Um, the Villarreal squad is up there. I'm not going to even start to attempt to pronounce any of those names because I think you've done well, Dan, and I would just, <laughs> just crucify them, absolutely crucify them. Um, I wanted to know a little bit more uh, from you, Trev, and, and I don't know if you managed to get down, Dan, on Friday uh, for the, the protests around the stadium or if you've done any covering for the Guna fanzine. Um, but, uh, Trev, Talk me through the afternoon. Uh, what was it like? The BBC, annoyingly, uh, were saying hundreds and then eventually got to a thousand fans. There was clearly probably five to ten thousand fans out there. Uh, 
I'm not. There was more than a thousand, Fergus. Oh, if I had to guess, I'd have probably said between three and five. If I had okay. to guess, there was more coming all the time, and it was. I can't guess how many it was, but it was a good evening. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was attended by fans of all ages, uh, and I've got to add this in: all races, all religions, all colours, all Arsenal fans. That's all. 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 All singing together as one. Not an ounce of trouble. No friction. Um, Lots of noise, lots of smoke, lots of pyro. The message got across um, very well, I think. There were high-profile Arsenal fans there. There was there was all sorts of people there. I saw Leith there, uh, and I saw a few other high-profile Arsenal fans there. And I thought they did really well. I thought they did really well. I think that I think that the, the lad falling off the roof was the only bit of, of negativity. On, well, there was two bits of negativity on the night for me. That lad falling off the roof, he was up there on his own, they were geeing him on, and he fell off, which is which is very sad, and I hope he's okay. And also, a couple of the young kids, I didn't see it, I, but it saw pictures of it, burnt an American flag, and I thought that was a bit over the top, to be honest. I thought it was unneeded. In, in the whole in the ethos of the evening and what we're trying to say, there was absolutely no need for that because the message got across loud and clear. The police were okay. They... The police were there in small numbers to start with, but as the evening progressed, their numbers grew. And I, although I'd gone by then, I have been told that towards the end of the evening, when the fans' numbers dropped, the police did get a little bit more um, hands-on, shall we say. Not in a physical way, but I think they were trying to move people on and say, you know, you've done it now, we want you out of here. So all in all, Fergus... I travelled three hours each way for it. I'm glad I did. I can't go to everyone. It's too far for me to go to everyone. I'm glad I did. I was proud of the fans of all ages, races, colours, religions. I'm going to keep saying that, Fergus. Do you know why? Because people keep saying that in a negative way about all those things. And I'm going to put the other story across. I'm going to put it in a positive way because it deserves to be put in a positive way. Every Arsenal fan stood out that ground and wanted the same thing, wanted to make the same message. And they did it very well. And I was very pleased I went, and I was very proud of the Arsenal fans. Very proud of them. Dan, uh, what was your experience of it? I know um, uh, Robbie at AFTV got a bit jostled at times by a section of fans. Uh, Whether you like what he does or doesn't do, uh, you know, is it necessary to to be jostling the fella? Uh, You know, just if you don't, it's the same as BBC. If you don't like BBC or ITV, you can switch the channel off. You don't have to watch it. If you don't like this, you don't have to watch it. Um, Dan, what, what what did you make of the protest? Did you manage to get down? Or I wasn't able to make it, unfortunately, but I've seen you know all the footage and, and spoke to, to numerous people about it. And it's it's good to... I think you, know, you can say about Arsenal's fan base over the past few years that it's been fairly divided on a number of different issues. But it's, it's good to see us all you know coming together as one on this really important issue. And Hopefully, we can keep up the momentum. We can keep having more protests because, you know, that's the only way we can really affect change at the moment. Obviously, we can't be at games to voice our our concerns and opinions and things like that. So, I think, yeah, we need to continue doing it to to, to show that we really do mean business and we want change and we need change. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fergus, just before you move on from that, son, just before you move on from that, son, is there's been a lot of stories this week about offers being about to be made to Cronky for the club. And there's also been lots of noise made of that Cronky will never ever accept an offer for the club. But but don't get out of your head and um, give that as a reason to stop your protest, people, because 
there's other ways of doing it, you know, but it's a difficult long route. We've got to look, we're looking at saving our game of football here as we know it. And, and the government can step in. If they're pressured enough, the government are able to step in and help football fans, not help football clubs. Football clubs won't help themselves. But but for the, the government can help football fans. They can get uh, clubs owned in different ways. They can they can bring in legislation that, that, get, that gives us some rights to vote and, and to do whatever. So keep at it. And a prime example, Fergus, is Blackpool. Blackpool were taken over by the Oysters. The ground was, it went to pot. Nobody was going to watch them. They milked it dry. I went to the cup game there uh, the season before last and the seats were covered in bird's mark. It was horrible. The ground was horrible. And there was Blackpool fans outside the ground begging us not to buy programs, not to buy merchandise. And I didn't actually, I didn't do any of that. And start, you know, a year later, they, I don't know how they did it, but they got their club back, those fans. And it took them years and years and years. So you've always got to stay positive about it. Even if you think you can't get anywhere, there's always a little chink of light somewhere and we've got to keep at them. Mm. Dan, um, Trev mentioned about, you know, the potential buyout. They're talking about Daniel Ike and uh, there's there's links with Burkham Fiera and um, Henri and there's links to uh, Flamini. There's links to, to several uh, different people. They're talking about a £1.8 billion bid for Arsenal Football Club that's valued at £2 billion. So somehow I don't think Stan's going to accept being shortchanged by £200 million. Um, what do you know of it? Uh, have you had any information through you know, some of the journalistic sort of side of things that you've been involved in? Um, well, you're, you're bang on about the fee is, yeah, 1.8 billion is is what the offer is likely going to be. But as you say, you know, the club is valued at 2 billion. And from from what I've I've read and heard, Cronky would want around about 2.5 billion to, to even consider selling the club. So there's a fair way to go. I think, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a long-term thing. It's not. I don't think it's going to go away, but you know, I don't know whether it's going to be an instant kind of thing. I think we're going to have to wait months, maybe years, for anything to come to fruition. Um, mm-hmm. As the Cronkies have, have stated, they don't. They don't want to sell the club. They don't intend on selling the club. But you know, money talks at the end of the day, doesn't it? So, if there is a big enough offer that comes in, they may well consider it. We're just going to have to wait and see. But you know, it is it is good to have some kind of hope and, and light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. Yeah, I I was on, I was uh, fortunate enough to be in part of that meeting, uh, the the forum meeting with the fifteen fans, and it was myself that put the question at the very end. What what was his exit strategy of KSC with Arsenal Football Club? And they said they didn't have one. Uh, that they were here for the long term, uh, mm. and they also pointed out about um, self sustaining model and that. Uh, uh, you know, they believed in that and they had invested some money in the club uh, with the restructuring of debt. That's not really investing, that's restructuring finance. Uh, and they also said that they're going to support the losses that we've made this year from KSC. But the, the only thing I, that I, I did agree with him with, and in light of a possible potential new owner, it unless you're going to get another country by a, a club, like you got Man City, where they've got an oil-rich country, um, football's at a breaking point. It's at a bursting point where it is going to go bang. Um, and there's only so much money you can put in. Who, who's it? De Bruyne is on 400 grand a week. You know, they're talking about uh, Messi and uh, Haaland, something like a million pound a week by the time they work it all out. And that, some of it's net and gross. And it, it, it's just honestly going to gonna fall over. Uh, um, I, I, I don't know what the future is. Um, the only positive I can see out of that 
any part of that consortium getting involved with Arsenal Football Club is all four of them are Arsenal fans. And I I, I want somebody who's at least a football fan to be involved. Mm. Never mind, uh, like, you know, being an Arsenal fan. But if they're an Arsenal fan, that's even better. It's a bonus. Somebody who really wants to achieve things. Stan Kroenke is quoted to say he didn't buy Arsenal Football Club to win trophies. Well, that's him dead in the water as far as many of us are concerned. Yeah. And I know there's some people, Trules and so on, in the chat say he's not he's not, uh, not for getting the owner out. That's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. We're not saying that everyone should march to get him out. But I think the majority uh, aren't very pleased with Kroenke. If we were winning the Champions League and if we were winning the league, I wonder how people would feel about would this still feel that, that, that way. Trev, do you, think, do you think people still would feel that way about the owners if, if no. under this same self-sustaining model, um, we were winning stuff, would, would we be protesting and moaning? Of course we wouldn't, Fergus. You know the answer to that question. I don't believe you've even, yeah. I don't, can't believe you've even asked me. Of course we wouldn't be protesting. We'd be over the moon. But if we had this self-sustaining model and we were being very successful, then that would mean that other clubs had been forced to apply that self-sustaining model as well because that's the only way it would be a level playing field. But I stuck something on Twitter this week, Fergus, and it divided opinion. Divided opinion greatly, actually. So I'm just going to chuck this at you, mate, right? Regardless of... Take take the owner out of it, right? Take the owner out of it. Look at the money we have spent over the last three years, four years, maybe longer. We have absolutely peed millions up the wall. Absolutely wasted millions. I'm going to name a couple, right? Mustafi and Kozlazinac both cost more than Tierney. Both cost more than Tierney. We gave Ozil 350 grand a week when when he wasn't playing well. He wasn't even worth 350 grand. We all knew he wasn't playing well. And and, and there'll be more that I can't think of, but... And then just when I think we've got a big change of regime, regime and, and things might start getting better, we give Willian a three-year contract that I can't make head nor bloody tail of. So we have absolutely wasted millions and millions and millions of pounds buying rubbish. Now, if I was Stanley, mm. the man Stan, I'd have been thinking, right, I've put all these changes in now. I've got Ed Ewing. I've got Arteta in. I've got... Um, it, well, it was Raoul and Vinay, wasn't it? And and surely we're going to spend money better and get along better. But it's not happening yet, is it? We, he's got, they've got this summer. They've got this summer. They've really got to pull their socks up and show us fans that we're going to spend some money sensibly, you know, sensibly, and get, and get something that's worth paying for. Because our record, our record is horrendous. We've had to give a couple of defenders away that cost us over 30 million. Because people are looking and thinking mm. they're not worth 30 pence. So I'm, I'm not defending Cronky there. I want an owner that in the main, for me, that I want an owner, if I ever see it, I don't know, but I want an owner that's an Arsenal fan, that cares as much okay. about Arsenal football club as I do, you know? And, 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 and that's why I want Cronky out. Because if you're an Arsenal fan, if you're an Arsenal fan, you'll care about the club. Cronky's there for the money. Maybe if he gets a big enough offer, he will go. But who comes in? Let's hope it's an Arsenal fan. But we have wasted some money, boys. My God, we've wasted some money. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're banging your drumstick there, um, Trev. You're banging your drumstick. <laughs> you see what I did there? Are <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we giving you yeah. some finger looking good if you carry on, Fergus? <laughs> I'm glad that was aired on Saturday. Villarreal game. Um, one of the things it, that people have cited with the Villarreal game is that it's um, Emery versus um, Emery versus uh, Arteta. And uh, there's a, a clip that somebody sent me from the newspaper today. And, and, and Emery played 78, Arteta's played 79. And if you look at the average win percentage, 55.1 to Emery, 50.6 to Arteta. The only area I really see that he's improved on is, um, go, uh, you know, goals against were 20 less goals. If we had an Abamyang scoring goals, I think... You know, we could be in a better position. Dan, what's your thoughts on this Emery versus Arteta view? Well, just just on those stats you've just brought up, the only thing I would say about that is, and I, I know Arteta has had, you know, by the end of this season would have had a full season, but you've got to think as well that Emery came in. He and it, you know, when he first came in, he had the summer to get everything ready, didn't he? Whereas Arteta came in mid-season and was trying to pull together what was, quite frankly, a mess that had been left behind by Emery. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, that maybe has slightly skewed the stats, but so be it. Um, tonight, I think, you know, the media have really tried to play it up as, as Emery versus Arteta and, and the two managers themselves have, have tried to play that down a bit. But I think, you know, it is, it, it, it almost feels like it's it's kind of written, doesn't it? That it was going to be Emery and, and it was going to be such an important game. So, you know, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite us. Trev, this is yeah, Emery's... Go on, go on, oh. go on, go, go, go. go. <laughs> um, I, I reckon, Dan, Emery might be saying he'll play, he's playing it down. But if Emery's got those, those Villarreal players on his side, if he's a popular manager at the moment, Emery, we don't know if he is, you know, he would have been at them players all week asking them to do him a favour, asking them to pay Arsenal back for what they did to him. It, only to yeah. win a game. He wouldn't be doing it in a malicious way against Arsenal Football Club. But he'll have been doing everything as a manager to win the game. And, and, and that is a really interesting point. I thought about it today. There could be two Villarreals we meet tonight. We could be a Villarreal that are not that bothered about Emery and are going to go out there and play a game of football and we could well beat them. Or there could be a Villarreal set of players that really like Emery, really think the world of him, love him as a manager. And trust me, they will go out there and give 100% and they will try and win that game for Emery. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very interesting thing and... I can't say a bad, a bad word about Emery. I like the man. I like him. The other thing as well is, well, of course, the, the other thing as well is with Emery, I, I think it's 21 Europa League knockout ties he's he's managed and he's not lost a single one. So we're, we're going to have to put off something pretty special, aren't we? Yeah, this is his sixth semi-final. Um, it's a sixth semi-final and he, he's, uh, as you said, never lost a semi-final yet. So... Uh, it is going to be a tough game. It is going to be a tough game. As I said, here is the squad. Leno Chambers holding Mary Shaka, Party, Sabias, Saka, uh, Odegaard, Smithrow and Pepe. Um, Fergus, so let me just put you right, son. Fergus, let me just put you right, please. That's not the squad. That is not the squad. That is the team, Fergus. The squad is lineup. all the players. That is the team. Now, let me you just tell you right. Go on. You know, well, Tre Trev, it, I was going to go into the rest of the the, the rest of the squad, which is Ryan, um, oh, Bellerin, that's better. 
Yeah, uh, Gabrielle, Lewis, Cedric, El Nenny, Nelson, Enketia, William of Amiang, Martinelli, and another fella, uh, Okonkwo. Okonkwo. I've have you ever seen him play? Uh, yes, I've seen him play for the youth team a number of times. A very good young goalkeeper that Arsenal have got uh, very high hopes for. Okay. Oh, is he um, Nigerian international then? I, I'm uh, guessing by the I name, but also. I believe so. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, I've seen him play a few times and he's a very promising young goalkeeper. Okay. And Lacazette looking Danny, not on the bench then. So it's all mind games. No, so it was all mind games. Yeah, it's all mind games. Yeah. Uh, and looking at the uh, at the squad that we face, uh, Dan and Trevor, do you where do you see their main threats then? So we have um, Gerard and Goal, Chuck Kawizi, who which is the guy you were talking about. Um, yeah, sorry, the, 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 Gerard, yeah, Gerard Moreno is the one that we need to worry about. I can't remember off the top of my head how many it is in the past few games but he's in very he's in very good goal scoring form at the moment so he's one we need to watch out for and Chiquese as well and, and Parejo in midfield really pulls the strings for him and has done you know he's been very impressive in the Spanish top flight for a number of years I think he was at Valencia previously and was you know he's always been regarded alongside people like Luka Modric and Tony Cruz as, as one of La Liga's top midfielders so yeah he's he's another one to watch out for. He scored six goals uh, and uh, another two assists. So, um, yeah, he's definitely a force to be reckoned with. Trev, what do you make of the side? What do you know of the side? Where where do you see the threats in that side? Never heard of one of them. Never heard of one of them. Even not even the right back. Who's the right back? On loan, he's on loan from Spurs. Juan Foyth. Uh, if he played for Spurs, no, I wouldn't have known him. No. <laughs> yeah, I have heard that name actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't really comment on this. I can't really comment on this, I Fergus, because I, I genuinely don't know. I've done no homework on him, I, I, and I, so I can't really comment. All I know is that Emery has got this amazing record that you've already spoken about, mate, in semi-finals, and I hope it comes to a massive end tonight. Coquelin mm. on the bench as well. What what are the odds on him coming on and scoring the winner? <laughs> we've, well, we've, he's a we've player. Got a few ex-Arsenal players, haven't we? There's a few ex-Arsenal players. Mm. Are they all playing? Um, you've got, uh, isn't it, um, Gabriel? Is he is he in their squad? No, he's at Valencia, I think. Okay, I thought there was two or three uh, players that were former no, Arsenal just, players. Yeah, but... just the one, I think. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, Coughlin's getting a, a little bit um, long in the tooth now, isn't he? Do you think? Or uh, to be honest, I don't. I don't think I've watched him play since he left us. To be fair, but if he comes on, no. he's getting a yellow card. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, score predictions on that one, then. So, what are you going for? Uh, it, it, obviously, it, it's not the ninety-minute one. It's a, it, it will go till whenever it goes to in injury time and everything else. There's no penalties. First leg, uh, Dan. What's your score prediction? One all, heathen. One all, heathen. That's that's not a dreadful. That's not a dreadful result. And Heath agrees with you. Um, the away goal would put us in would put us in a slight advantage uh, ahead of the the the, the game um, uh, next week. Trev four uh, nil is it? No. Listen, right. If if. We've not been scoring that many goals this season, let's be honest, right? But if you had to name our four most effective forward or or 
front or midfield players this season. You'd pick the four that are playing tonight. I don't. These four haven't played together yet this season. The, the four that are playing up front tonight, Pepe, Saka, Odegaard and ESR, have been our most effective forward players on the field all season. And I think that's going to be play. I think that's going to play in our favour. I think Arteta might have said to him, right, the four of you, run your asses off, run all over the field. You know, start here, start there. But if you if you see space, fill the space. You know, if you see a gap behind the defence, run into it. And I think it's I think that's a team that can win win tonight, which worries me greatly because I'm always bloody wrong. But <laughs> I'm going to go. 3-0 to the Arsenal and we'll have a comfortable second leg at the Emirates which will probably lose 1-0 but still go through. So I'm going to go 3-0 to the Arsenal. I'm putting my faith in those four young lads up the field leading from the front and taking us through. And you know why Tierney ain't playing, didn't you? You know why Tierney ain't playing? Because we've got Granite Xhaka left back. <laughs> I told you this last week, boys. I told you this last week. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Tony's in the chat. Look, look at us. He, he, he's he's big enough, Granite Shaka, Tony. He's big enough, Jack Granite Shaka, left back. He's definitely lost. A totally lost. And I'm with Aaron. I think uh, we will have a two-one loss. As I never want to see us lose, but I don't think that's a dreadful. Why do I bother well. coming on this show with you? Why do I bother coming <laughs> on here? It's, it's, oh. it's an Arsenal podcast, Fergus. Be positive. It's an Arsenal. You know. There's enough negativity in the world nearly. right now, you know. Nearly. <laughs> you nearly win. Unbelievable. <laughs> Listen, the, the away goal is the most important thing. We do need to get an away goal um, or else have a nil-nil. But I, I I I still think an away goal is vital in these in these sort of um, ties. Um, you talked about the four young guys up the front. We have a new – well, not a new. We've uh, re-signed um, – uh, a guy on contract, a long-term contract. Uh, it was rumoured for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, Balogun has signed a new contract. Dan, what do you know of um, this young guy? Um, he's definitely a prospect. Uh, he's, he's been tearing up trees in the in the youth. He's played very little for the first team. And you would have thought, like, nowadays, he should be now getting more games. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him play a lot for the youth team. And, you know, he's a very promising young striker. Uh, I think, it, talking about the, the new contract, I think there's been assurances over first-team action next season. There's obviously a lot of talk about Nketiah's future and even Lacazette as well, about what's going to happen with, with both of those. So I think we'll see a lot more Balogun next season. Um, and there's also, I think, there was some kind of assurance of him not going out on loan whatsoever. So we're going to, uh, we're, we're certainly going to see him involved a lot more next season. But I do get what you're saying about, you know, why not put him in there now instead of someone like Nketiah, for example, or even William. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Trev, um, what do you know of this young guy? Are you pleased that we've signed him? You know, he, he does look... Uh, quite a natural, the, the the little bit I've seen of him. I, I thought he looked quite natural and a bit of a poacher. Yeah, I, I've only seen a little bit of him, Fergus, in the, uh, the games we see clips of on the telly and that where he, he, he's, he's a finisher, he's a goal scorer, isn't he? So let's hope that all the hot, he lives up to all the hype. I, I mean, if they've, if they've managed to get him before all these other clubs that have supposedly put in offers for him, they will have invested quite a bit in the young man, I would think. Let's hope it's not another one that we've invested in wrongly. Let's hope he, he lives up to the hype and he scores a few goals for us. I honestly think that, that this summer, with amongst the clear-outs, I think, I think Eddie will go this summer, you know. I think Eddie yeah. and one other striker 
Eddie and, and either Albert or Lacquer will go, I think, this summer. And I think we may well bring one in. But uh, it's, 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 I know I keep saying it every week, and at a risk of sounding boring and droning on, there's no getting away from the fact that this summer is massive. Get, mm -hmm. get this Europa League one, fingers crossed. This summer is absolutely huge. And it's going to be defining for Arteta because I think Arteta will probably get a start next season as the manager. And th coming up towards Christmas, people will be really drawing opinions on him. And rightfully so, because yeah. he will have had, what, two years, two and a half years two then? Years. So, yeah, two, yeah, years. two years. So yeah. that fans will have every right to, to draw opinions. Oh, no. And hopefully, oh, Arteta. Yeah. I like nobody can dislike Arteta. I don't think for the man he yeah. is, for the person he is. So hopefully, he'll he'll pull us round and, and we'll, we'll get flying next season. But this summer is huge, absolutely huge. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, the, the, the 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 summer is huge with regards to players that are leaving. Uh, I totally agree as well uh, as well about the hype uh, around uh, Balogun. He needs. He's got a. He's demanded a huge contract from what I'm hearing. It is a, a phenomenal contract for a kid that's hardly kicked the ball in anger uh, in, in the first team. Uh, and he's getting paid very, very, very well. Um, Eddie, there was huge hype around Eddie. He went out and loaned to Leeds, got injured, unfortunately. He's come back and he's been more cold and hot. And as you say, he'll probably be sold in the summer. Um, probably won't even make a Premier League side. He might go to to Germany or France. And I think he will become a good player, but I, I just think he's not yeah. getting enough time at Arsenal and he's not building up uh, his, his strength at Arsenal. Where would you see Eddie going, Dan? Um, well, there's been a, a lot of talk about West Ham. I think we'll probably see him stay in the Premier League, but, you know, uh, maybe a smaller club. One thing I'd just like to add as well about Balogun and, and you know, him staying and, and other things like that. There's obviously, you know, there's been a lot of change at the top of the club over the past few years with, Ralston Lay going and, and things like that and you know there's been a lot of negativity around the ownership and and the you know performances in the league but the one thing over the past two seasons that has gone well is do you remember the start of last season there was the whole youth restructuring so there was the new role for Pei Mertesacker and there was other people brought in I think there was a loan manager brought in and there was a lot of talk about you know making sure Halem was being productive and there was players coming in and they wanted one or two players coming into the first team each season. I think that so far, it's obviously been a short length of time, but that's been quite successful so far. We've seen Saka and Smith Rowe become, you know, key players and we're looking at the likes of Balogun, Miguel Aziz we've seen in the squad a few times as well, where possibly the two to come in next season from the from the academy and Martinelli as well is obviously not an academy player, but has, has come in and done done really well for a young player. So I think, you know, that is one real positive for Arsenal at the moment is is the way the youth players are coming through and having an impact. And on Martinelli, why can't he get a game? He's on the bench again tonight. Yeah, I think it was obviously quite a serious knee injury that he suffered. And, mm -hmm. you know, the season has been quite hectic in terms of the schedule. You're trying to get a lot of games crammed into a short space of time. So I don't know whether it's a case of Arteta just easing him back in or whether Martinelli himself doesn't feel quite physically ready yet. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it, to be honest with you, Fergus. I think, you know, next season we'll see him really come to life and play a lot more games. Could, could you see, and, and I'll go to you in a minute, um, uh, Trev, could you see a scenario where we get rid of both Lacazette and Aubameyang and, and put all our eggs in the Martinelli, Balogun, uh, Saka, you know, and, and, and that just got all used to George Graham? Um, whew, that's a good question, Fergus. I personally, 
think it's probably a bit too soon. I think you need a senior striker with a bit more experience. And this might be controversial, but if you're saying get rid of either one of Lacazette or Aubameyang, right now, I'd Aubameyang would be the one I'd get rid of. 100%. 100%. I think Lacazette has, yeah, shown, has shown he's there's more leadership qualities there. And, you know, we, we've seen... You know the Slavia Prague incident, for example. You know where he took the knee. There's there's more leadership and there's there's more experience there. And I think in terms of leading the line as well, he links play a lot better. And you know he's finishing Canberra quite on and off, but he's, he's he's I think he's been quite good this season. To be fair to him, so yeah, if if it was a choice out of the two right now, Aubameyang would be the one that I'd let go. Absolutely, Dan. Yep. Absolutely. I, I I mean I'll, I'll go a step further on that. I'll cut to the chase on that, mate. I know I know Aubameyang's had his problems this season and. And hopefully he's over those now and, and feeling better. But if you look at the games where Lacazette has played, and you look at the games that Albamiang has played, we look a better side when, when when Lacazette plays. Without a doubt, we do. We look a yeah. better football team. And that's no, that's not being horrible to Alba or or, or putting praise on Lacker. It's just a fact. We look a better side when Lacazette plays. Mm. And would could you see could you see us selling both Aubameyang and Lacazette and going all out with youth? Oh, me? You're talking to me, Fergus, are you? Mm, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. son. Uh, I, I'd like to think not. I'd, I'd, I'd honestly like us to keep Lacazette. I would. I'd honestly like us to keep Lacazette for another season and uh, and, and bring one of these young strikers through with him and Balogun and Martinelli. And, and, and if they if, if we get halfway through next season and, and these youngsters start firing the goals in, then Lacazette steps back. Lacazette, Lacazette steps back and becomes a squad player halfway through next season. You know, leading from the bench, and we all know Lacazette will do that. What you got to remember is, for, at the back end of Wenger's reign, Lacazette was signed as a superstar striker, and Wenger wouldn't play him. Wenger wouldn't play him weeks and weeks and weeks. And if he did play him, he yanked him off. You know, and we all thought, hang on a minute, Lacazette don't look too bad. But I, I, I didn't see Lacazette said drop once. I didn't see him spout one word of negativity all through that time. And he had a long period of it when he was when he was getting oiked. Uh, and and I've, it, it, he handled himself really well. Not a word did he utter. He just battled on and battled on and, and got his place back. So, yeah, Lacazette for me, mate. Lacazette for me. Mike and Galvez, Boston Ozel, uh, uh, founding member of this podcast, uh, says in the chat, people uh, defending Lacker now, how things have changed. Uh, Mike, I think you'll find... That uh, the only criticism that we have ever made of Lacazette is the number of times he needs an opportunity to score a goal. Like you'll take five, six, seven chances to score a goal. His work rate has been second to none. As Trevor yeah. said, his attitude has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, and his work rate, uh, as, as I already said, his work rate is really good. He's strong. Um, you know, he could add to his game by just finishing and holding the ball up a bit more. Uh, guys, um, that's us. Uh, we, oh, what's it? James says, totally agree with what? Trevor on how La uh, Wenger treated Lacazette. So, uh, but to be honest, Emery didn't treat him much different, did he? Um, so, I can't remember. Look, wait, I've, he, I've got one more question was, I want to ask. I want to get Dan's view on. on something else, Fergus. It, there's, there's, there's rumours out today, Dan, that if there's a final in dance, we might end up with 2,000 tickets. You heard anything on that, mate? 
Uh, I've not heard anything on that, but, you know, the, the sooner fans can come back, the better. I mean, I, I saw saying that the Polish government was saying, you know, they'd have fans back for the final, which is really good. So we'll just have to wait and see about the number of tickets. But, yeah, it's it's going to be, they're going to be golden tickets, aren't they? So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I have yeah. heard that you'd have to be flown in on a, uh, a charter plane by Arsenal, uh, bus to the stadium, watch the game, bust back again. So it's going to be a flying visit. It's not going to be mm. a huge amount of fun, what people really like to do on a away day. I know myself and Trevor talked about when we heard about um, fans getting back into, this, in, into the final. Uh, we both had uh, hotels booked uh, for good hands yesterday. I've since cancelled mine because it's just, it, it, logistically, it's, it's, it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be very expensive. Yeah. You have to go buy Arsenal. Uh, and I did consider driving, but... When you think about driving, will Holland let me drive through into Germany? Let me drive it through to Poland and so on. And all the c- countries have various border closures. Uh, and then mm. um, you could you could end up getting stranded somewhere. Getting stranded in Poland with cheap beer. <laughs> Nightmare. <I> really would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, as always, thank you very, very much for joining us. A pleasure. Um, tell, tell everybody where you... Uh, wh- where you um, uh represent and and, and what, what you're normally in and tell them a bit about the gooner yeah so we're uh we're, we're kind of on on the home stretch of uh saving the gooner for another season we've we've set up you know direct debit so people can have their subscriptions renewed each season without having to to worry about it we're yeah so we're, we're on the road with that we're, we're getting there we've also got um our next edition coming up next month uh it's a 96 page special i believe going to be celebrating the uh the 50th anniversary of the 7071 double winning side you know fantastic team we've already we've got a few interviews already in the bag with, with some of the members of that team so plenty of exciting stuff in the next edition so make sure if you haven't already to head over to the online gooner.com and subscribe so you you can get your your special edition brilliant thanks very much get your gooner guys get your gooner come on uh trev 1970 double year do you remember it you must have been what 25 26 yeah. what outline <laughs> oh mate it- do you know what? I'm not even going to laugh at your stupidity, Fergus, because it is stupid. I, I went to my first game in 1970 as an eight-year-old. All of those, all of those 1971 double-winning team were my heroes. They were my first heroes. What a cracking time to become into the Arsenal. You know, 1970 was when I did what they what we've been talking about. I walked up. I still got the tickets. You know, I have Fergus. Still got the tickets to the programs. Yep. Walked up the stairs in the West Stand at Ivory, saw that patch of green, and fell in love. You know what I mean? Fifty years ago, fifty well, fifty-one years ago, it was 1970, and and I've never regretted one minute, one second, or one penny that I've spent watching the Arsenal or following the Arsenal. The only thing I do regret is that when my kids were growing up, I took quite a few years off of going on a regular basis because I put my focus elsewhere, and I don't regret that from a bringing up the kids' perspective. But I do regret because I missed out on watching our fantastic side. And what? just remember, you put me up here now, Fergus. I'm going to take another 30 seconds. It don't matter who's, who, who, who owns our club. It don't matter who runs our club. It don't matter who the manager is. It don't matter who the players are. It don't matter what we say on here. There'll always be the Arsenal. They'll, you'll always have the Arsenal to love. And if, you have, if you're struggling one day, you know, just put in YouTube 1971 Cup Final or 1979 Cup Final. Or, you know, just put them in YouTube and watch them and it makes you smile again. Makes you smile again. We need, we should really try and do a special on, on the 71 double team, Fergus. You know, it was, uh, 
it was an amazing time to become an Arsenal fan. And we hadn't, we, I mean, we won a Fairs Cup in 1970, but before 1970, we hadn't any, won anything since the FA Cup in 53, you know. So we've mm. gone 17 years and we're not far off that now, you know. That's, I know we've had the FA Cup years since, talking league. Seven, yeah. Yeah, 17 years since yeah. we won the league. But we won the we won the oh. league in fifth. We won we won a cup in fifty three and and then we won the league in, in the first cup in nineteen seventy and uh, it was uh, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful time to become an Arsenal fan. I can remember right when the, the, the FA Cup final we won two one in extra time. Everyone knows the Charlie George goal. But when when Liverpool went one nil up, I was sat there as an eight year old crying my eyes out, crying my eyes out. I was. My dad, who was a Tottenham fan, actually put his arm around me and said, come on, they'll be, they'll be all right, son, they'll be all right. I know deep inside he was thinking, good, I'm glad they're losing. But he didn't, <laughs> he didn't. Me. And, and the, just to finish off, I can still remember the, the Sunday morning after the final, my old nan used to live down in South End. And we went down to South End in my dad's car on a Sunday morning and he let me put my Arsenal flag out, uh, scarf out the window of the car all the way down to South End. So, yeah, I could go on all night about it, Fergus, but I won't. But wonderful times. So and just if, if you're struggling with the Arsenal, with the Cronkies, or with whatever, think about the good times. The Arsenal. That's why we call the Arsenal. Not Arsenal. We ain't Arsenal. We're the Arsenal because we are the team. Right. You better move on, mate. I'll be here all night. <laughs> Thank you, Trev. I love that. I do love when when, when you get passionate like that. I uh, also like Heath's comments. Thanks, gents, as always, for the best podcast in Arsenal uh, land. Up the arse um, and up the Cheers, Heath. On, and it was you, Heath. It was you who called me the Colonel first, Heath. I know it was. I know it was, son. <laughs> share people. He says share people. If you, if you are watching us on, on YouTube, click on the subscribe and click on the little bell button and click on like. Uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, we are just Arsenal fans. Uh, as our motto says, by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Um, we do it for fun. We do it for the love of the club. We're just having a chat, the three of us. You guys join in and, and, and enjoy our conversation together. Guys, as always, thanks very much. Enjoy the game. Only one last thing to say. Up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Get you, Gooner. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.